Welcome to the Embracing Race podcast. All episodes were recorded in advance, so don't be alarmed if the timeline seems a little bit cattywampus. Welcome to the Embracing Race podcast. Conversations with truth and intention. I am Shawnee, one of the hosts. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And I'm Jesse, the other host, and my pronouns are they, them. Oh, goodness. I love us so much. <laughs> I love us, too. Are you, like, recording in Toby's room? I am recording in Toby and Charlie's room. <laughs> I love it. Sarah's in the living room, and my kids are sleeping in our bed because we had a family nap today. And Family so, naps are the best. Uh, I'm like, I'm going to record in the kids' room today. <laughs> Look, we got to do what we got to do. Because... If y'all were sponsoring us, we would have a studio and all the things. So not to make you. But I mean, if you like the construction trucks. behind (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So much going on in the world today, in the world um, this week. Um, I'm going to go backwards because. Like. Mm -hmm. Just. Okay, so Ryan O'Neal died, which I didn't want to talk about him, but I wanted to talk about him because he was Farrah Fawcett's partner for a long time. I didn't know that. Yeah, they had a son together and everything. And the reason why Farrah Fawcett is always like, I don't know. So her so her and Michael Jackson died like two days apart. Mm-hmm. And then Alexia passed away right after that. It's like, so it's like all those. So every, so whenever I see something about Farrah Fawcett or Michael Jackson, I always think of Alexia. Yeah. Because So, and so, and the night before she passed away, this is so weird how memories are connected by like an event. The night she passed away was, um the night well she technically passed away on a monday but the night before was the bt awards mm. and they did the tribute they did like this 20 minute tribute to michael jackson mm-hmm. i just remember all of that because my then husband was a michael jackson fan mm-hmm. and he wanted he wanted alexia Alexia, so they were twins. So Alicia is a twin, if ever, if no one knew that. And Alicia was a crybaby. <laughs> I just want to put it out there. Alexia never cried. Like she came into this world, like literally, I think, I think of Alexia as like, like a I got so closer to Jesus, and people generally don't do this, and I'm not. And I'm not in any way advocating that when you have a significant loss, like a child, that you should run to Jesus. But I'm just telling you what happened to me. Mm-hmm. I looked at Jesus as our Lord and Savior, like the one who, you know, has died for us, right? I feel like Alexia was here to get my attention so I could live out what I was called to do. Yeah. So in this 
weird way that I have for the past 14 years have not been able to put into complete words. Alexia is like, not my, not Jesus, but like one of the saviors of my life, if that makes sense. No, yeah. And it's just like, because she was not like a baby, Jesse. Like she, she was just like, whatever. Like all of the pictures, she's got this look on her face, like, Y'all just, y'all, y'all don't even know what y'all doing. Like (laughs) she she didn't cry. Like you'd have to wake her up. Mm -hmm. You'd have to wake her up to feed her. She never cried. And Elysia, that thing cried till she was five. (laughs) (laughs) She cried till she was five. And then she said, one day she just had an epiphany and said, I've decided I'm not going to cry anymore. Like she would cry and somebody at church, one of the, one of the elders at church was like, baby, why do you cry so much? And she said, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she cried all the time. And I just remember Mike was like, man, can you get, can you get the cry baby? And I'll take the other one. I want to see the, I want to, I want to see the show. I just remember that so vividly. Yeah. So, but yeah, so Ryan O'Neill died and then moving on. Cause I don't really know too much about him, but I heard he was an asshole. I did too. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you know, assholes can live past for a long time. <laughs> hmm. Cause he was like 80 something. He was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we have a lot of pop culture shit to deal with today. I know. What else is on the what's, what else is on we, the list? We have do you want to go backwards backwards on the list? We so, don't have to. That was just the I one. I was trying to be a filler until I pulled up the list. <laughs> <laughs> and and Ryan O'Neill was the first person I could remember, but there was like a lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah, so we have uh let's start with how we formulated it in our head. So right, right, right. person that well, we'll get to him later. But we talked about Billie Eilish. Um, yes, another. And we always talk about this on the show. Like, So, so Billie yeah. Eilish did an interview in, uh, was it Vanity Fair? I think so. And I guess the question came up. I don't even know how the context of it came up. Because and, and there's no easy way to go into these. Kind of, you, obviously, these kind of questions are, like, invasive. And, and I don't understand why you suddenly decide to like ask people about their sexual preferences but whatever um but through the course of the conversation it came out that Billie eilish who is a popular singer if you don't know her um was into both men and women predominantly she is into women yeah um and then afterwards there, there was a follow-up interview and that kind of, I guess that apparently took people by surprise that she was into women. And then she did a follow-up interview. And this is the part that I wanted to talk about. Um, she was on a red carpet somewhere and somebody like talked to her about it and like brought the interview up. And she basically was like, yeah, I'm into girls. I thought that was common knowledge. Like I thought everybody knew. Yes. That. Yes. So, and and that was and most Billie Eilish fans were like, yeah, we already we already knew that. Like we just, I mean, just- <laughs> yeah, isn't it? I mean, not. I don't know all her music, but some of her music kind of gives you that vibe. Oh yeah, well, her, like, 
her whole vibe kind of gives you that vibe. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and then her comment was, I wish, like, it was her in the interview where, like, um, there should be a day that we don't have to, I mean, nobody has to come out anymore. And Billy was like, yeah, can we just exist and not have to, like, do anything? That part. And, and that's I, the part that yeah. got me. That, exactly. Because I've said that before, too. Like, I don't know why we have to, why, no, no one who who is attracted to the opposite gender of themselves has to do that yeah so i don't i don't even i kudos to billy but we already knew and thank you but i mean i guess in a way though maybe you know no, because there are so many people that are still afraid, right? And so I can look at it from the perspective of there's possibly somebody that follows her that know that that you know that considers themselves a fan or maybe a stand. I don't know, mm-hmm. right? But because <laughs> I'm a stand in it for, for a lot of people. I'm not even going. <laughs> but uh but but maybe they, you know, they just felt seen through her ex, you know, through yeah. her expression because we were talking about this offline earlier about, you know, people's journey to coming to being free. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, you know, as I was thinking about it, when we were talking in the car, I was like, you know, I kind of don't like the term out. Mm-hmm. Right. I am going to stop using that term officially today and hold me accountable, Jesse. I want to just say you're free. Yeah. Right. Because what does the out really mean? Like for me, it just feels like it's still a barrier. Like it's still some stigma attached to being who you are because you're out. Like I, like, I don't, I don't. Yeah. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna start. Yeah. It also goes back to that, like assumption that everybody's straight until proven otherwise. And I don't understand yeah, why straight has to be the default. Like, why are we putting these, like, it goes back to yeah. the understanding of white supremacy culture of, like, you're either this or you're that. Well, yeah, no, the binary thing. a lot of here. stuff in between. And, you know, I think it would be so much, it would be so much more freeing um, if we could just live and love who we love and people just happen to find out because they happen upon us or because they're so intimately involved with their lives that they're just like, Oh, okay, cool. Like, yeah, here's my spouse. Here's my uh-huh. wife. Here's my husband. And it's just like, you know, whoever yeah. it is, is, you know, I, you know, coming out that idea of, I think it comes from being in the closet. So you're coming out yeah. of the closet, but like, it's just kind of, why, why do we have to come out? Why can't we just be? <laughs> yeah. And sometimes people were, were forced to be in the closet. So let's just, yeah. you know, just be honest about that. I suspect that when your babies are probably my baby's age, it'd be norm. Yeah. I hope. Well, even like the way that you've, and I don't want to put them on blast. And if, if this is uncomfortable, we can cut this part out, but like, the fluidity of the way that Michaela and Alicia have talked about things in mm-hmm. their life. And like, right. and it's not even like one or the other. They just naturally have like had conversations with you about yeah. who they're interested in or like, yeah. <laughs> and like, I think the way that you've handled it as a parent of just going with it, it, it right. you didn't even question <laughs> it. Like, that's what I, that's what I want for me and for Toby and for Charlie and for Sarah of 
that it was modeled enough that you can be who you want and love who you want mm-hmm. and and like whoever you want and it doesn't matter who they are like it right. don't, they don't give a shit obviously right. so <laughs> that they yeah. would never feel like they have to come out like it just coming home and saying i like so and so would be right. to just them and saying out. like i want mac and cheese for dinner type of exactly thing. that's that's that that is why we do the work that we do <laughs> So it could just be as as normal as mac and cheese. Yes. Or yeah. broccoli or or whatever or it is. Casserole, whatever. if that's your pleasure. Speaking of food, and this technically they're not really about food, but talk about uh Jason Lee and Jennifer Hudson on the Breakfast Club. Oh my gosh. Okay, so Jason Lee is a blogger, um creator, content creator, influencer running for city council in Stockton, California, doing all the things. I actually love Jason Lee, just to be clear. Um, I remember when he first started um, as a friend of the show to this reality show some years ago, Love and Hip Hop New York, um, because he was friends with uh, Cardi B. And that was the only season Cardi B was on, the very first season. And then she blew up, right? Um, Jason Lee is also just... um, is a black gay man. Um, and he was co-hosting on the breakfast club at, you know, they've been rotating hosts for a year now. Um, and the, and I, I want to preference because I'm gonna break all of this down. The breakfast club is hosted with Charlemagne, the God and DJ Envy, two black men married to two black women. Okay. Um, so in the rundown, uh, basically what we're doing now, right? <laughs> uh, Jason Lee calls Jennifer Hudson illiterate in this backhanded, like in this, like, it was supposed to be a tongue in cheek thing, mm-hmm. um, and got blasted for it. I mean, uh, Essence even came and you could tell who uh what age group is running a company social media <laughs> by how shady they are mm-hmm. <laughs> right like so essence came out and i actually put it in my story um uh with the old throwback picture of jennifer hudson with all of her awards because i think she's an egot she is she's EGOT an is an yeah. emmy grammy and tony oscar and tony oscar and tony yep Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony Award winner, okay? Um, He comes back on after trending for 24 hours, mainly by Black women standing up for Jennifer Hudson. He came back and offered this backhanded apology that, that... while he loves Jennifer Hudson, he thinks she's very talented, da 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 all the things, he is not of her a fan of her talk show and therefore and does not believe she's a good talker but he shouldn't have called her illiterate and then went on to say that black people need to stop bringing race into every disagreement or conversation and baby this is why we do this podcast because everything is about race w.e.b Du Bois don't get me in my history bag today with y'all because everything a black about black people especially black women is about us being black women yeah period period i'm not we're not even gonna have a discussion 
And here's the thing. I was I was so I couldn't even comment on like when he's when that when it first came out, because I'm like, I was so surprised because I've seen in so many different scenarios when Jason Lee has stood up for black women. I've seen it over the course of his career. So this took me by surprise, I will say. The only thing that I will agree with in all of this is that you can have an opinion about entertainment. Mm -hmm. I am not a fan of the show myself, but it's not because of Jennifer Hudson. I, I, it's, that's not, I don't know why I don't like the show. Girl, I love Tamron Hall for years on the Today Show. Mm-hmm. But that first two seasons of her show was painful to watch. Yeah. And I think it was just trying to get their footing, trying to figure out, like, how to be... I mean, not so much for Tamron Hall because she's a award-winning journalist. I think that was more about content. And I think this is just me just thinking that it had a lot to do with um, what she was free to do based on um, how she left her last network and then transitioned over. Like, I felt like that authenticity was missing a little bit because Mm -hmm. she was so transparent on the other show, but then she couldn't even talk about for like a year and a half. She couldn't even talk about why she left the other show. And it was like this cloud over the whole show because of that, right? When she finally was able, and I'm pretty sure it it was an NDA involved. So I get it. But when she was finally able to share what went down, the show got better, right? Um, I still haven't put my finger on why I don't like Jennifer Hudson's show, but I love her. I I just don't like, I'm just not a fan of the show. And you can have an opinion of the show. You can have that. But I want to get to a place where people can have their opinions and not attack people. Calling someone illiterate when they're clearly not is just, that's just wrong. That's not funny. Yeah. And I think it like, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't like the number one, I think it's more of a macroaggression than a microaggression, but the number one microaggression that like, not the number one, but in the top, let's, let's call it top five, is when, <laughs> when white people tell black people, oh, you're so articulate. Yes. I feel yes. like that is just totally playing yeah. to that, that notion of she can't, well, she just doesn't talk well. Well, then who gives a fuck? And what does that even mean that she's not a good talker? And you are because you talk fast and you quick with it. I'm I'm about to be I'm about to have a stereotype right here. But I'm like, most gay men can't talk really well. I just I I mean that I've I've never I've never not seen it. So I don't know. (laughs) It's it's one of those things that, too, like regardless of of how she talks. And I've only seen clips of Jennifer Hudson's show. Like I'll be right. completely honest. I mean, I've, I've never had an, I don't have an issue with her show. I've never watched it, but I've never seen her be inarticulate. If that makes sense. Right. I, don't, I don't know how somebody's ability to speak speaks to their illiteracy. Like, I mean, I don't understand. I mean, I, I feel the same way about, um, Oh gosh. Kelly Clarkson. Like, I love Kelly Clarkson. 
I don't particularly care for her 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 show. I, yeah. I don't think she's like the greatest host in the world. But at the same time, don't have a problem with Kelly Clarkson, whatever. I think she's a I think she's a huge powerhouse talent. Yeah. And but like I don't see anybody looking at her and saying she's yeah. illiterate or inarticulate or anything like that. Right. And I just wanna also uh bef- okay, I'm I'm a I'm gonna save that comment for last. But then I'm going to go to the other two black men that were on the show that just laughed. And that's the problem Uh that I have with people claiming to be allies and are in a position and in a position of power because that's their show. Yeah. Jason Lee was the guest. Check him. Yeah. Check him. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Like, bro, that wasn't funny, man. Like, you know what if that had happened jason lee wouldn't have trended on on that day period it wouldn't have been a story if anything the breakfast club would have trended yes for calling him out and like and that and i just feel like sometimes i get that we can be in positions where we're like we don't know what to say we don't know how to say it but like you one of the things and it might people might look at me hypocritical right but I am very conscious when you're not in the room and someone misgenders you mm-hmm. to remind them that what your pronouns are. Yeah. Because why would I sit there and not do that? Yeah. Because I correct myself when I mess up. <laughs> like, yeah. so like, what the, like, I, I, I would be, a, it would be a disservice and it would, it I don't think, I don't know. I would feel like a shitty friend if I didn't do that. I appreciate that. I don't think you are a shitty friend, but I appreciate Well, I, 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 <laughs> if I, I'm saying if I didn't. No, yeah, absolutely. If I didn't, I would be like, what are you doing, Shani? Like, so yeah. yeah so, I mean, it, I just feel like they should have said something, mm-hmm. you know, and this, this goes into a deeper, deeper question uh conversation just within black culture and in our community about you know this whole debate on on, um because you know a lot of black men feel like well i i don't know i don't have to defend black a black woman i don't know you okay if if you feel that way then uh you can take your anti-black self and go by my 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 kids were talking about this this um kid in their class and they were like uh i think he's racist and we were so me and rayana was confused because we was like a kid in your class is racist so we were like because Mika- michaela for the most part goes to a predominant like it's a it's not like it if there are white kids at that school, it's probably like less than one percent. So yeah. we were like, so Ram was like, "Is it? Are they Spanish? Is it? Is he Spanish?" She was like, "No, he's black." I said, "Well, he's not racist. He's just anti-black." Yeah, I had to explain what that was. Right? Mm-hmm. It was it was a whole thing. Look, don't come around if you black and you anti-black. Don't come around me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if that's worse for me than a than somebody that is racist honestly it's very hard talk about that we should talk about that in full when um we have brooke on the show oh for sure yes that would be a great conversation 
between anti-blackness and and racism or yeah. like yeah but yeah. amongst people of color yeah. yeah for sure that's a great topic but yeah so yeah i don't know that just i it also goes back to the notion of like it's it's funny to me that you say that black men don't feel that they have a responsibility for protecting like I'm just thinking about our conversation last week of this like dominant submissive sense of yeah. culture and I'm just like but at the same time you don't feel like you need to protect black women but at the same time aren't men's so according to their theology and their processes aren't men supposed to protect their women so that they aren't put in these positions of being exposed so is it only your particular woman yes is it just a lot of people feel that way and let me be clear i'm not speaking about all black men just the whole tips (laughs) (laughs) that's fair that's fair thank you for that disclaimer (laughs) If you don't know what a hotep is, follow me, um, I am Mel Mitch on Instagram. Yeah. Look it up. Don't expect <laughs> us to tell you everything. Do your work. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Crack myself up sometimes. Uh, we have, like a, we have so know, much pop culture stuff. We do. But I want to take a minute. I want to pause. I want to pause because I want to shout out Rich. Rich is a new friend slash colleague, coworker. Um, I went to Alaska with him. Amazing um, um, photojournalist, all the things. Just a really great guy. Listens to our podcast every week. Nice. I tagged you in his comment on Facebook. Yeah. And I just, I just want to shout, I just want to shout him out. So when he hears his name, then he he knows that I I generally appreciate the love. So yeah, I do too. <laughs> I check all the time to see who like we usually <laughs> within like the first two hours get like five five to seven listens, and I'm like, I wonder who our stands are. Like who who yes. are, who's our, who's our I, as soon as the episode drops, I'm gonna listen to it. Yeah, I I appreciate. I I really do appreciate everyone that that tunes in. Yeah, I mean, because we might not be everybody's cup of tea, you know. And I, and I I was actually very careful, but I was like, I can say that I, I you know, I'm not a fan of a show because somebody might not be a fan of my show. Mm-hmm. I get it. It's all good, right? Yeah. But we still can coexist. Yeah. So. We're not attacking anybody. We're just right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is how I wanted to how I wanted to come full circle with this whole conversation on talk shows. You talk about being illiterate, but Jennifer Hudson, the Sherry Show, and Tamron Hall, all three black women are dominating daytime TV right now. Mm-hmm. And kudos to them. And I just want to end it there. All of their all of their shows got re- renewed for another season so they're doing something right mm-hmm. the masses love them advertisers yeah. love them yep. <laughs> and that's what it all comes down to <laughs> who's watching and who's buying i i still think my favorite clip of the i haven't watched this sh- i don't have cable so i can't watch any of their shows anyway but i 
follow them on in, like socials. And so I watch all the clips from the show. I, I think my favorite was when, um, was it DeBrat that came on Sherry Shepard's show yes. and announced her pregnancy? Yes. <laughs> that if you just need something like, that's just like yeah. five minutes of joy. Go watch Sherry Shepard's yes. clip of the of the brat coming out and uh, announcing her pregnancy, and, and just going through her pregnancy with her wife was yeah. because her wife already had children, and she was like, "I, you know, I think I think uh, she should carry the baby," and that was just that's a whole comedy show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it was good. It was good. Drum roll, please. Time Magazine Person of the Year. If you're Swifty, you'll be happy. Yes. Take Look, the I'm not mad at the, this selection at all. Okay. Um. I, and and you know. Okay. So and I'm gonna. I'm gonna start with the reason why I'm not mad. I it's. I, I mean, it was just an obvious choice. Um, Taylor definitely, um, changed culture this year in so many ways from like just advocating for, um, her, her masters re-recording all of those albums, right. You know, um, if you don't think that that in and of itself was a big deal, that's a pretty big deal to go back and re-record your first six albums. Yeah. Right. And, think, and not only that, yeah. but like got everybody to jump on board with it too. Like yeah. people stopped listening to the other versions and, and like exclusively started listening to Taylor's version. And yeah. I'm like, if, if if more people had that kind of influence that we were just like, I'm gonna do exactly right. what you say, we would be in a, like, I don't know. Right. Like, and and then um there was the um and just how you know now her, um, her relationship with um, with uh, yeah. Travis Kelsey, a whole new audience is familiar with her, <laughs> right? Or more familiar with her, and revenue has gone up. Uh, I'm, a, you know, I don't really care about the money thing, but money is an influential power source in this country. Let's just yeah. in the world. Right. And so let's just keep it a buck. Right. Um, and how, but that, I mean, I, I heard that something like when they, when, when Kansas city plays a team that is not winning and they believe uh, Taylor is going to be there, they sell out of those <laughs> stadiums. So basically people aren't buying tickets to go watch football. They want to get a sighting of Taylor Swift. Yeah. Basically. That's, if that's not influential, I don't know what is. Uh-huh. Now, this uh, um this page I follow on Instagram, Race to Dinner, I think it's called. I might be messing it up. Um, called out the selection. Um and said that the Palestinian journalists that are reporting the war in Palestine should have been named. And while I think that is definitely, here's my thing. I don't think the Time Time Magazine Person of the Year has been, in, like, it, it varies. It's not always someone in pop culture. I get that. One year they had, 
they had the orange guy. I get it, right? However, it's not even a however. I don't know what it is, but I I don't for for some reason, I don't know now, depending on how long that war lasts, maybe there's reason, you know, there there could be an argument for 2024. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know what I'm, do you understand what oh, I'm yeah, trying absolutely. to say? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. you know, like I, I don't know. I think that them reporting a different narrative is definitely newsworthy. It mm-hmm. is, you know, it is definitely necessary. It's definitely educational. Yeah. But I don't know if it's all about the time, right? Mm-hmm. May I don't wish war, like, but maybe had the war started earlier this year. Yeah. I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Because I suspect just from being in journalism that they came up with the person before October 7th. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, just because they revealed it two months, you know, two weeks ago or last week or whatever, they already knew who their person was prior to October 7th. And that's when the war started. Right. I mean, you and I both you and I both have worked in like (laughs) publication. You're planning your your issues like months in advance. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you look at the outlook, we're planning all the way up through June and it's it's we and that was in November. Like we were still we're six months ahead. And so right. I can't imagine that Time magazine, Time magazine of all magazine is just like, let's go on a month by month basis. And yeah, see what happens. right. Especially for, you know, you, you you're selected for time for the time of person of the year. You got to do a cover shoot and an interview. Yeah. Yeah. She's touring. <laughs> like, yeah. when was that going to happen? Yeah. Right. It's and also of, it's also Benjamin Buttons was on the, is in the spread. So that means they came to our house. I don't think, because cats don't travel like that. <laughs> I got two of them. Try getting them in a cat carrier. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's still Shawnee Zero, Shiloh Three. Shiloh ain't getting in no cat carrier. Yeah. I had uh, Steph, I mentioned her on the show a couple weeks ago. Uh, she has two cats now, Ian and Asher, that are like super compliant about everything except for getting in a cat carrier. Hate getting in cat carriers. And then her two cats before that, both of them got, uh, passed away, uh, Little Kitty and Garcia, they hated each other. Absolutely hated each other. Like with a passion, hated each other. The only time they would unite is when she tried to get them in a cat carrier. Like, it is not a good idea putting cats into a cat carrier. So <laughs> you might fear for your life. But no, but like at the same time, it's also one of those things that I don't think these Palestinian journalists who are reporting the war, the last thing on their mind right now is whether or not they're named Times Person of the Year. That like, part. Probably yeah. give two shits about whether or not they are times person of the year. And I'm sure at the, at the end of the day, like, thanks for the recognition. Thanks for a report. I think the general idea was like, if, if you want to broadcast what's happening in Palestinian, like in Palestinian and Palestine, wow, I cannot talk today in Israel. Like, yes, that is important. But at the same time, don't downgrade it to 
just like this person didn't get Time Magazine of the Year. Like, yeah, it's much bigger than just that. Yeah, I agree. I, mean, I don't even think Taylor probably cares too much about whether or not she's Time's Person of the Year. I don't think she. I don't think she is either. I don't think she cares much either. I think the media makes it a big deal. I don't really think overall people care. Because for real, for real, confession, I don't think I've ever read Time cover to cover. Mm -mm. And I've only read it in the shopping, in the the grocery aisle, if it's there. And there was something on the cover that I was interested in. But I don't think I've ever bought a Time magazine. No. Well, I think, like, it's one of those things, too, for me. I always, like made note of who they made as time person. Yes. I remember when they did the time, like the time's up issue when they yes. made the cover. And I know after, I think it was after same sex marriage was legalized. Yeah. They put, like two men on the cover of a magazine and they were kissing. But mm-hmm. like after he who shall not be named was named time person of the year. I'm like, I don't even like, are you even relevant? Like, are you? Yeah, pretty much now. And I, and he was such a polarizing figure. And uh, let's be clear. No one thought he was going to win. Dad Bama didn't even know he was going to win. He, yeah. did you, I, like, I know people were crying, you know, people were crying. Let, pe- let's just be clear. People were crying for, you know, not, they weren't happy tears the night he won. So, yeah. but I was just watching this in disbelief. I, well, not really disbelief, but I was like, it just took it. I was just like, wow, look at him. He don't even know what to say because yeah. he didn't think he was gonna win. Yeah, and then he won, and then he won. He wants that power. I'm just so. Yeah, I don't even know what to say. Yeah. All right, moving on because yeah. we're gonna have to talk about him all of 2024, and I don't even want to. I'm not ready for that yet. <laughs> I'm not ready for that yet. But we can talk about if we if we no we still have some. Do we want to? Do we want to pause our? political pop culture stuff or we we talked about a lot of pop culture stuff we did all right what this is a good segue though because the person we're talking about that we said we don't want to talk about yeah um kevin mccarthy is leaving congress and he just endorsed trump for president and said that he would serve on his cabinet this is why you have to vote next year but he first of all he's leaving congress because nobody likes him and he didn't get anything done and he got ousted as speaker Mm -hmm. why so now we just need like 47 other (laughs) we're down we're down kevin we're down george let's just keep going with all your basic white men names and get the rest of the list list. (laughs) go down the list but yeah, I, I wasn't, I was actually surprised by it though, to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. I, I I was, I was surprised that because I, in my experience with white men in political power, they do not like giving it up at all. I mean, I guess all men in political, I guess everyone in Congress, because there's some Democrats that need to go to. So let's just be yeah. clear on that, right? Mm-hmm. But it starts with white men, right? And this whole idea, you know, of of people wanting to live into whiteness, right? So mm-hmm. they do things 
They operate in whiteness and you don't need white people to operate in whiteness. I want people to realize that like you don't even need white people in the room for white supremacy, culture and characteristics to be operating. Mm -hmm. That's how deeply in, in ingrained it is. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't want to talk about it, uh, you know, just, you know, to protect the innocent. But, you know, I text you on a call a couple of days ago, like yep. this, this is white supremacy culture. Right. Yep. And it was, I was on a call with all black people <laughs> and I was like, Nope, I can't do this. Yeah. So it, you know, so it, it affects everything. And I just think that, you know, I think it, you know, serving Congress was never meant to be a full-time job. You know, it's full time in the moment, but you serve and then you went back to your respective profession, mm -hmm. right? Whatever that was. You, but now people are actually groomed from, I would say, high school, if you have the means to become a senator yeah. in certain family systems. That's that's what their goal is, to become a U.S. senator. Yeah. That's fascinating to me because why? I don't know. And I, I mean, I look at, or even like the, the Senator or Congressperson or like the president. I mean, people still have dreams about being president. And, I'm, and I just think about it and I'm just like, why? And I, and I say this solely because <laughs> of when I look at pictures of, of presidents there, but like first, like their first month in office, Versus where they are when they leave office. I'm like the amount that this job has aged you. And not in the sense of like you look bad. But in a you were this relatively spry person. And now like this job has just attacked your soul. You know. Yes. Why? I, why? Why would you want to? Why yeah. would you want to put yourself through that? Unless you want you, you know just this desire to serve a greater purpose. But, like, I look at our Congress people who have been serving for 20, 30, 40 years now, and I'm like, why? Like, what is it that you get out of it except for power? Like, right. are you that power-driven that you, or this, like, ego drive that you need this? Because right. just, I don't know, that demand on your soul. Like, yeah. I think some people, you know, do it and, you know... I, I think I've kind of like appreciated um, Barack Obama mm -hmm. in a in a way that you know he he was doing such great things on the ground in Chicago. Someone got in his ear, was like, "You could be president. You think I could? Yeah. All right, let's go. Let's give it a shot." It happened. It happened twice. Kudos, right? I honestly don't see another black person becoming president in my lifetime. I'm gonna just oh, be clear. in your lifetime. Yeah, okay. I don't see I don't see that. If that happens, I'll be the lady when when, when Obama won in 2008. I never thought I'd be <laughs> I'm gonna be her. Like I will I will change my words, obviously. Yeah. But I, I, and I probably will be in tears. Mm -hmm. Like, 
I'll be in tears, but I, I just don't see it. I don't think that's going to happen. I honestly, I honestly don't even see a woman. I have a hard time. I have a hard time. See, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying that and like knocking on everything because Nikki Haley is doing surprisingly well. She is. And I, and I just cannot like, there's a part of me that's like, yay, a woman. The other part of me is like, not her. Please, not her. <laughs> me, me too. Because I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my god. I have so I have so many mixed emotions because, yes, like I would. I don't know. I I I don't think I would ever wear a button. I would not. Right. Like, but she is doing surprisingly well. And if she could, my issues with Nikki Haley have nothing to do with her competency. I don't I think she is very competent. Oh no, she holds her own for sure. She can be the president of the United States at the expense of what? Yeah. Because I just feel like she I feel she leans into whiteness. Mm-hmm. And and that is going to be what it takes for her to win. That's yeah. the that's the sad part about that. Yeah. Um but yeah. Yeah. She's no. got the best. Um, I do feel I do feel though that if she were president, that I don't think we would go backwards in terms of like women's rights, in terms of like a uh, like abortion rights. Like mm-hmm. because she she made a comment in one of these debates that was very, very political. Right. She mm-hmm. she told the middle of the road, but she was like, that's it's a state issue. And that's what they used to say in the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a state issue and pu- pushing it back on the states. So I feel like I don't think she would waste her time with all that. Um, but I would be concerned about who who she recommends for Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have I would have deep concerns about that. And uh, I don't really know too much how, on her foreign policy to even comment right now. So I'm so what I plan on doing is, you know, I, I'm gonna go to her website. I'm gonna read her campaign promise so I can be better versed because we're gonna have to be because we did we we committed ourselves. Well, I committed us yeah. <laughs> to speaking about the different candidates that are before us in 2024 because I want this. Um. I want this to be where you get the facts, right? I mean, you're going to get our opinion too, right? But it's not going to be, the the facts are going to be in with our opinion. We're going to tell you the truth. Yeah. Like this is, this, this is it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, yeah, so that's how I feel about Nikki Haley because I feel like she can win. And I don't know, I'm, I don't know, Jesse, because I... I go hard for women, right? Like I, 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 I'm a, I'm a feminist deep down in my soul. And, yeah. and I don't know if she won, I'd be like, all right, girl, I see you. Yeah. <laughs> I would be bad though, but I would be like, I see you though. Yeah. 
I just don't know. I mean, could she get the Republican nomination? She actually could. She could. I think also, I think personally, and I could be wrong. I, I'm, I usually am. But like, I think it's going to come down between her and Trump. It is. And I, and honestly, now, where does that leave me? Because I, I don't, Biden. And I, I think that's the thing too, like, and I think that was the thing in 2020 when when Biden ran is I mean I don't dislike Biden but he's not upheld not my end favorite of, yeah he's not upheld his end of the promise and it and it's no. and it's that thing too like that like I'm gonna I'm gonna vote for him because he he does align with what I believe yeah because he's better than the other person in terms of and advocating for what it is that I like basic humanity yeah like he doesn't. <laughs> It doesn't yeah. get me excited. Like, yeah, not at all. I'm not excited to go cast my vote. No. Okay. So Amanda not the way, Fields, not the way that I was excited when Obama ran for president, right. and not the way I was excited when Clinton, when Hillary Clinton ran. Like yes. I, I was, ex- I was excited to yes. vote. Clinton. Same, same. Okay. Amanda Seals talks about why you know, especially liberals, right? Why, even when we don't have the candidate that we're excited about, why we still should vote? Because it's all about strategy, right? Mm-hmm. So when I look at why why vote for Biden as a liberal, if you're a Democrat, right? Why vote for him? I mean, his number two is Kamala, <laughs> right? And I just be like, that gives me hope. And yeah. I'm not wishing anything. I'm just saying that I honestly believe that's the only way a woman would become president. It won't be through a vote. It would be if a woman was the vice president and something happened to one of these old white men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the reality. So they would have to serve the term, do something rem- miraculous and then the economy would have to just just like like everybody everybody getting checks i don't know how that would happen (laughs) because when everybody gets checks nobody votes that person out of office Mm -hmm. when everybody is is eating and 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 i know that is that's like a when i and i don't mean everybody everybody because there's still going to be people that are not Right. But you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's important to remember, too, with that line of thinking of like, you still need to show up. I mean, I just remember 2016, like a lot of people saying, well, I just I didn't like Trump, but I I didn't like Hillary either. And I just couldn't in my conscience vote for somebody that I didn't fully agree with. Right. And I get that. But you still need to vote in the best interest of those around you. Like. We've talked about that before, because at the end of the day, Republicans always show up. They do, and like, and we gotta they, make they we gotta always show up. They always show up, but we did too, though. We did, we did. In twenty twenty, we showed up. We, we showed did. up with the because we, our strategy was mail in ballots because of COVID. Yeah. And those mail-in ballots, baby, yeah. they was coming in like hot cakes. Yeah. Our mail-in ballots, Black women, and our young people. Yep. 
they should push this over yeah. and we gotta you know so yes yeah i think i'm gonna join that voting um the voting campaign roxanne rocker roker rucker Oh man, I messed up her name. She's the <laughs> co-director, the co-director of one of our of our sponsors, Interwoven Congregations. Mm-hmm. Um, does this um is like really big with voter suppression. Mm-hmm. Does a lot of advocacy work for voter suppression. And I just felt so glad that you know Faith participated in 2020 with contacting, mailing out handwritten postcards to voters on the rolls in Georgia because they were told that they couldn't vote because they like some of these Southern states be playing with people talking about you can't vote because you didn't vote in the last three elections. You can't vote because you didn't renew your, you you didn't renew your driver's license. You can't vote because your mama didn't vote. Like you don't even know my mama. What are you talking about? Like, the lies that they are telling people is yeah. maddening, maddening. And then they block information to for people to be able to like find out. Yeah. So I'm. So we're gonna do some research. We're gonna come back in the new year and be like, boom, this is what you do because it's gonna be important. It's gonna come down to Georgia. Always does. Michigan. Yep. Ohio and Pennsylvania, probably. Ohio and Pennsylvania. I was going to say those two. Yeah. 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 Uh, good riddance, Kevin. Yeah. Well, we talked about Jesus stuff in the beginning. We did talk about Jesus. We talked about everything. Yeah, we did. Are we going to mention? Well, rest in peace, Norman Lear. He was a hundred and two bro yeah let's let's just talk about him for one second because where we didn't really like now we don't care about ryan o'neill dying like i genuinely do care that norman lear passed away (laughs) for the most part it was so funny because i was in the car with nance (laughs) with nancy and uh and i was like i said i mean he seems like he was a good white guy. <laughs> she's like, she, she's like, I mean, because you know, I just wanted to know because he was 102. I'm like, <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, he was, I mean, I'm sure on some level he had his shit that he needed to work out. Oh, of course. We all but do. Like, it's also one of those things that if you look at the lineup of the shows that he put on the map, you know, we're talking about like predominantly influential black centered like sitcoms yes in the in the 70s 80s and 90s like he he put and then i look at i just the way that this man influenced culture and influenced television yeah like i can't you you can't match the talent that he put into that and the advocacy that he put into that that he continued up until his death like I remember Jesse Williams, who was on Grey's Anatomy and a few was I think it was almost 10 years ago. He he won the BET award and made that incredible speech about basically calling out white supremacy. Yes. Um, And he got slammed for it, particularly by white people who were friends, fans of Grey's Anatomy that were like, 
he needs off to the show. Like he I did not know this. Oh yeah. There was a huge campaign, like online campaign of you need to like, you need to take him off the show, which I'm like, on what universe do you think he's one of the most popular characters on the show? It's run. The show is created and run by a black woman. The producer who is, Oh my gosh. What's her name? Uh, I, I, she's on the show. Why could, Debbie Allen? Debbie Allen is one of the producers of the show. One of the directors plays his mom. Do you really think that two these two right. crazy influential black women are going to take him off for speaking truth about white supremacy? But it was a beautiful. It was a beautiful. Oh, it was fantastic. Oh, it was good. About, what's it about? Like living into your black joy and like living yes. in your full self. And Norman Lear came to Jesse's defense. And said, no matter what, like, I've got you. No, And I mean, this white man who was crazy influential in this scene was like, whatever you need, I've got your back. Like, I love that. I love that down, story. And I'm going to come like, whatever it happens, I will come to ABC and say, like, whatever you need me to say. But I've got your back on this. And I love that back story. to me. I'm like, that's using that's using your whiteness, right? There. Oh yes, that is using power and privilege on all fronts. I've just seen nothing but good tributes and nothing but good things said about him. And you know, you know, I just feel like it is just so important to. We're going to always intersect, right? I think, like, you know, we're all going. I I think. It's just important to get stories in front of everybody. And I think he did that ahead of his time, right? Yes. You know, for, you know, because he didn't have, he didn't technically have to have a Black character that became a spinoff show for another show. He didn't have to do those things. No. Right? He, didn't, he Technically, he didn't have to, but he chose to. And I thought, so yeah, um, Rest in peace, Norman. Yeah. Yep. Oh, this is a good, this is a heavy show. Next week is going to be great. We have Brooke Scott, who is the pastor of uh, Church on Main in uh, Delaware. Delaware, yep. She is phenomenal. And she is our first guest of the season. Yeah. I'm very excited to have her on. Um, Her, uh, her article or her devotional for um, Justice Unbound, I think, was just released, which you also have a devotional coming out for as well. Um, mm-hmm. And so if you are online, check that out. Brooke Scott, do your homework. Come prepared before you listen. Um, but it's going to be a great show. So we will see you next week. Peace out. I don't even know why I did that. Because <laughs> <laughs> Pause. Time to hear from our sponsors. The Embracing Race podcast is sponsored by the Gen Out Youth Chorus. Gen Out is an outreach ensemble of the Gay Men's Chorus of Washington, D.C. Gen Out's mission is to give young LGBTQ plus and allied youth a voice to connect to the community. The ensemble is open to all singers between the ages of 13 and 18. For more information, contact www.gmcw.org. Isn't it our hope that we could come together as a society across the chasm of race and become the beloved community that Dr. King imagined? 
Interwoven Congregation's mission is to organize and support partnerships between faith communities with different racial compositions in order to foster racial justice and healing. For more information, visit interwovencongregations.org. HOD Records. It is not HOD, but it is HOD, no periods in between. HOD Records is a talent and artist development company that specializes in artistry development and contact creation. Serving the DMV and beyond, HOD creates a family-centered management style that promotes a collaborative spirit. Check out HOD Records on all social media platforms and visit hodrecords.media for more information. Thank you all to our sponsors. The Embracing Race podcast, hosted by elders Shawnee McElwain and Jesse Littlejohn, tackles all topics from pop culture to faith and the intersectionality of white supremacy and racism. Nothing is off limits, as we hope to educate and transform with radical love. For more information, visit us at embracingrace.online or on Instagram at embracing underscore race underscore podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, or if you would like to submit a comment or question, please email embracingracepodcast at gmail.com.